good afternoon or good evening, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC. We host the HRO Today events held around the world, and we manage the HRO Today Association. Today, we're going to talk about healthcare and specifically the healthcare workforce. There have been a lot of issues in the news about healthcare and worker shortages. Everyone has been hearing about this. You're all seeing it in your insurance premiums as healthcare costs have continued to rise. But what's really driving that is partially that healthcare is very much about the workforce. And the workforce in healthcare is undergoing an extreme shortage. Okay, there's issues both around maintaining a quality workforce and the quantity you need as volatility. And the volatility, by the way, is both seasonal and economic. So what are some of your solutions? Well, one of them is potentially to have a partner to help you strategize, review your data, optimize, and even execute on recruitment. We've got two great speakers joining us today, both hail from AMN Healthcare. AMN Healthcare is one of the largest workforce service firms in the world, and they specialize in the healthcare industry. They are highly rated on both the HR Today RPO Baker's Dozen and the HR Today MSP Baker's Dozen. Joining us today is Leora Westbrook, who's the president of Workforce Strategy and Optimization. She leads the team at Avantis which is basically their consulting arm that does strategy, tech, and analytical solutions, as well as consulting for some of the largest healthcare systems in the United States. She's got more than 15 years experience in healthcare services. She's worked at some of the largest healthcare systems. She's worked for Fortune 100 companies, and she's led her own client consulting business. And she's worked in the healthcare industry recently as the COO of a healthcare startup, Offer Health. So, Leora, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Elliot. Great to be here. Great. And we also have Keith Bradley from AMN Healthcare. He is the president of their Recruitment Solutions Group. Keith's been with AMN Healthcare for about two years. Prior to that, he spent 16 years at IBM as a partner and global director for their RPO and technology group. And Keith has about 10 years of experience as actually a practitioner working for Sodexa, which is a global service firm, as many of you know, and they did a lot of work in the healthcare industry. So Keith, welcome to the podcast as well. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate the invite to be here. Well, and you each have a unique perspective, but before we start, Keith, can you give us maybe some overview of AMN Healthcare? I did sort of a quick thing on your accolades, maybe give us, you know, the quick elevator pitch, if you will, about AMN. Sure. Happy to do it, Elliot. I, I love talking about AMN Healthcare because you mentioned earlier that we're the largest in the space, but what you didn't mention is that we really work to strive to be recognized as the most trusted innovative and influential force in helping healthcare organizations provide quality patient care and a care experience that really is more human, more effective, and more achievable. As you mentioned, we wake up every day thinking about healthcare and where we're focused, and I know we're going to talk about some of this today, is really about the future of care is how do we help organizations change in this ever-changing market that we find ourselves in, get to a place where you can do your best work towards providing that quality patient care. 
And at the end of the day, we're going to be recognized as healthcare's workforce innovator, where we enable providers to successfully navigate this evolving environment that we find ourselves in and help them attract and recruit the largest talent pool of not just clinicians, but physicians and all physicians required to provide that patient care. If you can cut down the amount of time I sit in a waiting room waiting to see a doctor, I'd pay you myself. <laughs> Someone does need to innovate. So let's talk about the healthcare industry. And I want to particularly focus in on acute care because there are some unique challenges there. The quality of the workforce and the quantity of the workforce, they have direct impacts on the quality of service and outcomes, which are critically important, and the availability, right? So the volatility of demand for healthcare services is driven by economic, seasonal, and I'm going to call them exogenous circumstances like the pandemic, which caused havoc. So how can this industry design their recruiting infrastructure and their tech stack to be able to meet those needs without a partnership such as an RPO provider? So let's focus on, can they go it alone? I'm going to go to Leora first. Have you seen much success with healthcare organizations trying to go it alone, do their own tech, do their own recruiting? What have you observed in your distinguished consulting career? We certainly have seen organizations go it alone with varying degrees of success, but we find that partnering with an RPO program truly provides that technology and data intelligence to help our clients analyze their current labor strategies and quickly provide sustainable long-term solutions that fit their needs. A performance-based model for RPO will bring that innovation to traditional external recruitment support, as well as the sharing of best practices, so offering ample opportunity to favorably impact an organization's bottom line. At the end of the day, data is the most important part of the process, and healthcare systems don't have that skill set always in-house. Data should inform that decision-making process and how we leverage that data to inform the approach. Lior, do you find that the organizations don't have the health care because they don't have the tech stack to capture it or because they don't understand the importance of the data-driven culture? They may do it with patients and patient care, of course, but at least from an HR perspective, that even with the tech stack they may or may not have, they don't have a data-centric culture in HR to the extent that you would recommend. Elliot, yes and yes. <laughs> Many I love being right. <laughs> Many healthcare leaders believe they have insufficient staff. They feel it every day. Their clinicians feel it every day. But without thoroughly analyzing that data, it's hard to determine the exact areas of shortage, the root causes, and the potential solutions. And so we really start with that data, providing predictive data-driven scheduling and staff planning. And we pull that from a number of sources. We use historical census data, machine learning, and proprietary mathematical modeling techniques. So our predictive scheduling tool can forecast the staffing needs starting 120 days out from the shift, 120 days, creating better staffing plans sooner. And we can do that with 96% of predictions made 60 days out, being within one staff member of what is needed. Mm, that's pretty unusual. Keith, how about from your perspective? What have you seen? Have you seen much success with organizations trying to sort of go it on their own and trying to either utilize their existing tax stack or build one without external help and doing all their own recruiting? You've been doing this a long time. What yeah. have you seen? 
I'll have to echo what Leora said. We've seen varying degrees of success in this area. The challenge that systems have today, Elliot, is they don't have the skill set in-house to be able to harness that data. And, and Leora mentioned that. And, you know, I think it's important for, you know, systems to understand that, you know, what applies today will be different in three months. And you need a, an organization partnering with you that can be monitoring these constant changes that we're seeing in the market. And systems just aren't able to do that on their own. Again, it goes to the lack of skill set that they have in-house. They need a partner that's focused on it, that wakes up every minute of every day, not just looking at how do I solve today's problems, but how am I going to solve future problems? So let me ask this. I mean, as they, you know, are looking at their infrastructure, Keith, when you go in, do they labor under the misconception that if we're going to outsource recruiting, we have to outsource it lock, stock, and barrel? Or do they understand that there's different ways they could utilize a partnership to build sort of a shock-absorbing layer to deal with the seasonal and economic variations that they'll face over the long term? Good question, Elliot. Some do, some don't. You know, in years past, and I'm going back 10, 15 years past, I think the RPO approach in the space was give us all of it or give us none of it. But where I think RPO can benefit organizations is in those, you know, specialty areas where they're struggling the most. And this kind of ties to the data element that Leora mentioned is use your data to identify where are you struggling and plug an RPO provider in there that can scale up or scale down or be very mobile and agile in hitting those areas to solve your challenges that you're facing. You know, it is interesting, both Lior and Keith, that, you know, a lot of times the problem is the RPO providers are managing across a pretty broad expanse of portfolio, whereas inside a particular system, it's hard to get your head above the parapet and figure out what's happening. You know, you're just trying to deal with your day-to-day and make your numbers without necessarily having the need to build that long-term infrastructure because of both capital expenditure pressures and G&A pressures. If we know an RPO partnership can bring in much-needed technology and resources, as well as best practices. We also know it can reduce crisis spending on contingent labor and those related costs. So the arguments are strong for at least a partially outsourced recruitment and function. So let's take that as a given for just a moment. In that case, what should systems think about as the criteria of what to buy from an RPO provider and how to qualify that provider to meet that can meet anticipated needs. So, Leora, I'm going to go to you because you're, you know, Keith's actually a provider. You're a consultant doing strategy consulting to the leadership of these large healthcare systems. I know you're a little partial to Keith because he's a great guy, but give me, you know, how you, uh, how you are counseling your clients about the criteria of what they should buy as they're doing their strategic design and how they can make sure that the provider can meet those needs. Sure. And I, I am partial to, to Keith, but I'll say that we really make it our goal to partner with health systems and build and implement their strategic labor management plans. And it's truly a cross-functional effort. It doesn't just involve one stakeholder within the health system. It involves many across finance, nursing operations, HR, IT and data, as well as workforce planning teams. So it's a holistic approach that we take into account to proactively plan and align their workforce 
once we understand what their workforce looks like, where it needs to be, how do we optimize those resource pools and then automate the workflows and provide around that predictive patient demand? And so we talked a lot about working from the data back. And for us, it's all about how can we help with operational strategies that help standardize those workflows and provide consistency for staff using data and insights to inform staffing strategies and create those successful and dynamic workforce models. And how often do you find that you've got to sort of sit the client down and say, you need to rethink not only your tech and the way you've designed your infrastructure, but sort of your culture of how you approach workforce planning and your own resource planning, because needs are volatile, right? You know, and just because we may have a pretty high winter because of flu season, that doesn't mean it's going to stay through summer. Everybody knows that, but a lot of times these fixed infrastructures become very rigid. So how often do they have to really even rethink their own culture of how they deal with this? I'd say each and every time, Elliot, truly, it's a transformation. Change management is at the heart of what we do, and it aligns across people, process, and technology. It's assessing all elements. And as you said, it's not prescriptive to one moment in time. It has to be dynamic and be able to flex based upon volume consensus data, as well as other initiatives cascading across that organization. And so we truly need to meet the client as a partner where they are and build those staffing plans accordingly. And Keith, you know, you're always in the market, you know, you're both selling your capabilities at AMN and also competing. So, you know, you and I both know because we worked together back in the day at the old Canaxa before it was IBM and you stayed on, but that a lot of times you have to tell your clients, well, these are the questions that you should be asking, you know, your providers. And if they can't answer them, then that's an issue. And, you know, here's the criteria that you need to use to evaluate them. So what are you telling your potential customers during bid processes about how they should select the providers and the criteria they should use? And I'm sure you get to why AMN's a good choice. But what are the questions that our listeners in the HR Today universe really need to be thinking about? Yeah, Elliot, it's, there's a whole lot of things that we share with our clients. I think one of the items that we bring up first and foremost is really to get them to ask themselves, how ready are they for this? And by that, I mean, we've used the word partner and partnership here. And to me, that is the most critical element of the success of any type of relationship is that you've got to be willing to fully integrate the RPO partnership into your team. It's not an us and them. They're an extension of your talent acquisition team. Other things they need to be looking at, it's not just, can you bring me the bodies? It's, can you bring me the marketing skills to help me attract the talent in today's very competitive marketplace? Can you help me optimize my job boards? You know, help me leverage search engine optimization. What can I do on my social media channels that I'm not already doing? You know, what are my process issues that I can change and transform to be more efficient? And you've heard me say this before, Elliot, I think the biggest thing they need to look at, it's not how much is it going to cost me to fill this job? It's how much is it going to cost me if I don't fill this job? And I think that's where organizations who are looking for help kind of miss the mark. They're more concerned with, I want to save $500 in filling it, but they're not understanding what it's going to cost them if somebody can fill it quicker and with a better quality individual. And also, we know that there's a talent shortage in healthcare. So, you know, your choice 
isn't to create new doctors and nurses and allied health professionals. It takes years, if not decades, to build experienced healthcare professionals. So you have to be able to compete more effectively. And I'm saying this to the audience. Competition is your only choice. You've got to be the best hunter in the forest. That's your only choice. So if you try to do it yourself, you know, are you missing out on the capabilities, the technology, the advisory and consulting capabilities of your external partners? So some great points, you know, made today about how to evaluate it, what to think about. And, you know, volatility will happen. We've only scratched the surface. We've got to do this again at some point. I want to thank Leora Westbrook, the president of Workforce Strategy and Optimization for AMN Healthcare. She is the president of their Avantis group. And Keith Bradley, who's the president of Recruitment Solutions for AMN Healthcare. Thank you both for taking part in the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Always a joy. All right. And likewise, we'll have to get you folks back. This is Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today. I want to thank you for your time and your attention, and we will look forward to you joining our next HRO Today educational podcast. 